Hi everybody, thanks so much for joining us for church this morning. It's really good to have you with us and um, thanks also for all the feedback you've been giving us. We're happy to receive good and bad feedback or encouragement or criticism, whatever you want. We'd love to hear from you. Um, I would really love to share with you today um, from the Word of God just around a particular story that you may have already heard of before in the Bible and it's about, um, sorry, there's a fly. Um, it's about three fellows in the book of Daniel called Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego or shake the bed, make the bed, off to bed we go. Um, we'll just use their other names. Um, and I start by reading, if you want to join with me, it's going to be at the bottom of your screen here, so you can follow along there. I'm reading from the Common English Bible, and I'm starting at verse 8. So basically the deal is that King Nebuchadnezzar has built a... So Daniel 3 verse 8 is where I'm going to start, but I'm just giving you a bit of a backstory that um, Nebuchadnezzar has built a big statue. It was quite big, like 90 by nine it was pretty big and um, he was just basically saying this music is going to sound and then you all need to bow down and worship um, and so that's where we're up to and we see that there's a bit of a plot against our three heroes in this story so let's take it up from verse 8 at that moment some Chaldeans came forward seizing a chance to attack the Jews they said to King Nebuchadnezzar long live the king your majesty, you gave a command that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, pipe, zither, lyre, harp, flute and every kind of instrument should bow down and worship the gold statue. Anyone who wouldn't bow and worship would be thrown into the furnace of flaming fire. Now there are some Jews, ones you appointed to administer the province of Babylon, specifically Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, who have ignored your command. They don't serve your gods and they don't worship the gold statue you've set up. In a violent rage, Nebuchadnezzar ordered them to bring Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. They were brought before the king. Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, is it true that you don't serve my gods or worship the gold statue I've set up? If you are now ready to do so, bow down and worship the gold statue I've made when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, zither, lyre, harp, flute and every kind of instrument. But if you don't worship it, you will be thrown straight into the furnace of flaming fire. Then what God will rescue you from my power? Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego answered King Nebuchadnezzar, We don't need to answer your question. If our God, the one we serve, is able to rescue us from the furnace of flaming fire and from your power, your majesty, then let him rescue us. But if he doesn't, know this for certain, your majesty. We will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you've set up. Verse 19. Nebuchadnezzar was filled with rage and his face twisted beyond recognition because of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. In response, he commanded that the furnace be heated to seven times its normal heat. He told some of the strongest men in his army to bind them and throw them into the furnace of flaming fire. So Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were bound, still dressed in all their clothes and thrown into the furnace of flaming fire. Now the king's command had been rash and the furnace was heated to such an extreme that the fire's flame killed the very men who carried Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego to it. So these three men, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, 
fell bound into the furnace of flaming fire. Then King Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in shock and said to his associates, didn't we throw three men bound into the, into the fire? They answered the king, certainly your majesty. Well, he replied, look, I see four men unbound walking around inside the fire and they aren't hurt. And the fourth one looks like one of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar went near the opening of the furnace of flaming fire and said Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego servants of the most high God come out come here then Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego came out of the fire the chief administrators ministers governors and the king's associate associates crowded around to look at them the fire hadn't done anything to them their hair wasn't singed their garments looked the same as they as before and they didn't even smell like fire Nebuchadnezzar declared May the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego be praised. He sent his messenger to rescue his servants who trusted him. They ignored the king's order, sacrificing their bodies because they wouldn't serve or worship any God but their God. I now issue a decree to every people, nation and language. Whoever speaks disrespectfully about Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego's God will be torn limb from limb and their house made a trash heap because there is no other God who can rescue like this that was a long passage to read and um, thanks for hanging in there but I just wanted to bring out three quick points from that I was listening um, this week probably wasn't this week aren't the days all kind of rolling in I have to kind of check what day it is sometimes but um since since isolation i was listening to a message on instagram from christine kane and she talked about this passage she was just talking about how fear and faith can sometimes be founded in the same thing the same phrase which is what if and he she just talked about the difference that shadrach meshach and abednego um, had in their words so the first point i want to talk about is number one we need to let go of what we think the outcome should or will be. And if you just go back to that scripture, just finding it on my lovely trusty iPad that's not mine. In verse 16, when the kings accused them of not bowing down, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego answered King Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to answer your question. If our God, the one we serve, is able to rescue us from the furnace of flaming fire and from your power, then let him rescue us. But if he doesn't, know this for certain, your majesty. We will never serve your gods or worship the God statue you've set up. Sometimes we can be even prayerfully praying for an outcome. And that's where we're putting, I mean, it's great that we're, we're praying, but we're putting our trust in that God this is what we want the outcome to be and then we will trust in you but they basically said whatever happens whatever happens not what if or you know they weren't trying to predict how god would rescue them they were just saying whatever happens whatever happens we will not bow down we will not serve we will not give in to what the world is screaming and um I love that about them because they weren't saying, you know, sometimes it can be quite bold of us to kind of say, God will do this, when sometimes we don't know God will, 
what God will do. We know that it will be good, but we don't know exactly what he's going to do sometimes. But we know that he's good and we can rest in his character. And so that's what they were doing. They were just saying, we'll not bow down because we know our God is the only one worthy of praise. It doesn't matter what the outcome is. We will not bow down. So I want to encourage you today. Perhaps you've got your hopes set on a particular outcome. And God may be just saying, don't worry about that. Don't be looking at that. And don't be worrying about the what ifs that outcome doesn't come to pass. Just look to me and trust in me and trust in my character. Because he is good and he does good. The second point I want to bring out of it. And that is found in the Bible. Don't you just love the Bible? Like, I'm hoping you all said yes to that. But I find that it is such an anchor, and I know that may seem like a cliche to you, but sometimes we can hear a lovely song and it stirs up emotion, or we can hear a great preach and we get inspired. But the Word of God is like a rock. It's like a rock that we can put our feet on. It's a sure foundation. And so when I am in a, a place of worry or trouble, I love when God gives me a scripture because it's like, oof, I can bound that around my neck, as the Bible tells us. We can hold on to that. We can actually bring it back to God and say, God, your word says, and claim it. And we've got some ground to claim. Anyway, so point number two, when um, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in shock verse 25 he says look i see four men imagine being nebuchadnezzar at that point he just lost a couple of fellows who got, who the fire was so hot it burned them while they were throwing someone else in like it was really the fire was doing its job <laughs> well and truly but he looks in and he sees four in there i just want to encourage you point number two today is that he is always 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 with us he will never leave us or forsake us this morning my um, devotional was on Joshua in chapter 1 and verse 9 and it was that same encouragement to Joshua after all this stuff had happened and he was now needing to lead a tricky people into a new place and god was saying i will be with you that's such an encouragement that he is with you and i think shadrach and meshach and abednego knew that that whether they were delivered from the fire or whether they were not that they would still serve god it's brilliant to just know that he will he will always be with us now this is probably the time that I bring my prop into it. And I thought of two really great props this week. Um, and one of them was a tattoo. And the other one was maybe a piercing because they're permanent. Like, you know, they stay with you forever. But then I realized that actually they don't. I know people who've had their tattoos removed when they've thought better of it later. And I know people, myself included, I used to have two earring holes here and now I only have one because I removed it and I let it heal over and, you know, the, the, there's no evidence that for the people who've had tattoos removed, no evidence that they had tattoos for people piercing. Sometimes you have a little dot, but 
I thought they're actually poor illustrations of what it means for um, Jesus to be always with us. I do have a friend who has Emmanuel tattooed on their hand and I just thought, gee, that's a really great tattoo because unless they choose to remove it, it will always be with them, always a constant reminder that God is with us, that that was the name that Father God gave to Jesus at his birth, that he will be called Emmanuel, God with us. It's a great comfort, especially during this time. The third point, it's going to be quick today because it doesn't need to be long. The third point that I have to make comes from that same verse. So firstly, he says, look, I see four men. And then he goes on to say, so we're in verse 25. I see four men unbound walking around inside the fire and they aren't hurt. And the fourth one looks like one of our gods. That was Jesus, of course. The third point that I want to make is that we don't need to fear the fire or the flames. Because if you see here, the bonds, the things that were binding them, that had them bound, came off them in the fire. And sometimes we do, we put a lot of effort into staying away from the fire, staying away from the trials and tribulations that come when actually the fire can remove our, our bonds, can remove those things that bind us. I know um, recently, you, you might be aware that I've had some health issues and I've just taken the time, like I've obviously needed to rest and I've needed to get help and all those things, but I've also taken the time to look at how I respond. What is my heart doing? when these things happen to me like how am i feeling is it bringing up in me am i getting super irritated with my family because i'm not well and every noise that they make and every question they ask is irritating me i'm not gonna say yes or no to that but it's ringing true at this moment <laughs> but at this time we the time that we're with each other is increased and the proximity that we're with each other is the same people over and over maybe not your extended friends and family who you're probably longing to see as I am but just people that you're in proximity with all the time that can become irritating and the thing is it's not really about them it's about what's going on in my heart what's going on in my heart and God what do you want me to know about that thing that's coming up is there a fear there that when I am unwell that I'm not going to be able to get help during this season or that or that perhaps God you don't have the answer to this which is not true he has the answer to everything and as we focus on him then we're not afraid of the fire but we can allow those things those perhaps those doubts perhaps those fears I know that anxiety can be a very tricky um, master at the moment because if we allow anxiety in it will affect our insides, it will affect our outsides, it will affect our decision making. And if we allow that in, then it can become a master and it's not meant to be. And we can let that, that's a, a bond, no, that's a stronghold, it's, I'm not really catching the word, but it's something that binds us 
that as we go into a pressure situation, into a place that might be a bit uncomfortable, we read there in the scripture that it says they aren't hurt. They're walking around in the fire and they aren't hurt. Sometimes things can be uncomfortable, but they won't harm us. It can just be burning off the dross from our lives, those things that we don't need, those things that are usually hidden, but when the heat is on, they come to the surface and it's a fantastic opportunity to deal with them and to let them go and to really focus on the presence of God in our lives and, and perhaps let him speak over us what is true rather than have anxiety and fear and stress shout at us. The last scripture I wanted to say, and I don't know if you guys have seen the last scripture, the last part of this scripture that I wanted to highlight. I don't know if you guys have seen, um, I think it's Roma Downey. She's been making a few Christian movies around the Bible. And I saw a very short clip of this actual scene. And in that clip, they actually made this scenario happen quite publicly. And I know scripture tells us that Nebuchadnezzar was there, also his ministers and governors and a whole bunch of other people were obviously near that furnace. But in this movie that Roma Downey made, it showed all of the people, like the, the townsfolk, the, the village was around at the furnace when these three fellows came out of the fire. And they were amazed and they were it was a fantastic witness of the power of God to everyday people when we go through the fire and we're not burned and um, it was just amazing and I'd never actually it's not in scripture but I'd never actually thought about the impact on everybody on the world of watching people go through the fire and come out unscathed and actually a bit freer than they went in so I can't remember, she's got a few movies, but if you get a chance to look at that, I mean, you've probably got a bit more time on your hands than you used to have, so I think it'd be worth a look. But it did just make me go, oh, that would have impacted the nation at the time to see how God's servants, God's followers go through this hard time. The last thing I want to highlight is from verse 29. And Nebuchadnezzar he makes me laugh. He's a funny old fellow. But this is what he says. I now issue a decree to every people, nation and language. Whoever speaks disrespectfully about Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego's God will be torn limb from limb and their house made a trash heap. Other, other versions say they'll be chopped up in pieces. He obviously <laughs> hadn't learned the grace and love of God. But he was obviously impacted by God and he had a few gods and he'd obviously been impressed by a few gods but this one uh, made him pay attention um, but the reason being is because he says because there is no other God who can rescue like this you see God can use our tricky circumstances not just and show his power through rescuing us but actually to rescue us in a deeper way by just getting that stuff off our life that we don't need but we tend to sometimes pick up along the way anyway thank you so much for listening god bless you let me pray for you can i before we go and um yeah and then we'll be done so heavenly father i thank you so much for everybody who's watching this right now 
who's gotten through to the end. I thank you so much that we don't have to worry about the outcome. We don't have to worry over every little thing because we have you and you are always with us. So now we just hand over any anxiety and fear and concerns or stress, anything that we can sense is coming into our lives at this time. We just hand it over to you. If you want to right now, why don't you pick something up that's near you and just put it away from you, a box of tissues or anything like that. Just put it away from you as if you're handing it over. And so we hand over to you, God, what our expectations of the outcomes are and we actually refocus on you, God, because you are the one who will rescue. There is no other God who can rescue like you. And we're so thankful that you are always, always, always with us. You never leave us. You never forsake us even to the end of the age, whatever age we are, to the end of that age, you will always be with us. And thank you, God, that as we go through things, even though they may seem hard at the time, they will actually not hurt us. They will not hurt us. They will actually set us free from any of the wrong thinking that we may have. They'll set us free from any bonds that we find ourselves in. And you, God, will rescue in every situation. Help us to keep our eyes on you and to look for your rescue. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. Whenever you're watching this, I hope that you have a fantastic rest of the day. And just know that I love you. And so does God. <laughs>